please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio, and this week we have a, a very exciting show. Uh, we were starting off, we have a special guest who's joining us in studio, and I'll introduce him in a second. And we we're going to talk a little bit about reloading and how to get involved in reloading, what you need to get into reloading, because this is a hot topic. People are very excited about being able to save a little money and get ammunition that isn't always available on, on the shelves, and so we wanted to talk about that a bit. But then we get blindsided right off the bat from Sunday's AJC, and here here is a, a huge article that's above the fold, and it's got two pages in the interior talking about how guns are now more dangerous than cars. And so we're going to talk a little bit about reloading, and then we're going to uh, just take on the AJC because they're dead wrong, their numbers are dead wrong, their conclusions are dead wrong. And uh, to quote Captain Ramius from The Hunt from Red October, you got it all wrong, Ryan. So anyway, um, I'd like to introduce our special guest who's here to talk a little bit about reloading and may weigh in on the AJC as we go along too, but uh, Mr. Mark Curtis is here in studio with us. He is a consummate reloader and, and enjoys and has been reloading for many years. He enjoys not only reloading handgun, but rifle. He can talk about a lot of the differences in the powders and what equipment is better suited for what purposes. And so, folks, well, we'd like to just welcome, you know, as we like to call him, three-fingered Mark to the show uh, to talk about safety and reloading. Welcome, Mark. Three fingers, my rear... <laughs> See, here we are. We're on radio, and I'm trying to create a sense of drama here. No one can actually see. I have all my digits, yeah, thank you. Yeah, but no one would know that. You could play all... Anyway, folks, welcome Mark Curtis to the show. Um, Mark, tell us a little bit about how you got into reloading. Well, my grandfather was a gunsmith, and guns have always been a part of our family that I can remember going back, and, and everybody's tales back at the turn of the century, and all the old guns that were in the cabinet. And I have actually pictures of my grandfather's gunsmith shop from the mid-50s. And I can remember sitting on his knee when I was three and four years old and helping him reload uh, rifle uh, cartridges for his clients to go out and shoot. And he was a custom loader back then as well as a gunsmith. And and this was done basically to get a more accurate load with a better bullet than you could purchase in the store because, quite frankly, uh, you could load far better, more accurate ammunition in the early 60s than you could buy. Now, this is a factor of not just like what we're doing now or we're custom tuning the load to a particular barrel, but this was just in poor quality manufacturing practices from the major manufacturers. I, I just think... You could do better for your weapon that you went out to kill deer with marginally uh, with Milserp ammunition back then being really what people were shooting. My grandfather was a custom loader, and people simply went to him for an accurate deer hunting load that was effective. Okay. So this is where you got your like start in reloading? Yes, we we've been reloading for everything that we had in our arsenal ever since. Uh, I currently load forty three rounds, forty three different types. Yes, not not just different variants, but 
Different calibers? Different calibers. Well, you have to count 40 short and wimpy different from 10 millimeter auto, but yes, essentially. All right, so let's say that I want to get started in reloading. I mean, how much am I going to have to really shell out? Is it cost effective when you factor in the equipment costs? Well, first, I don't think that you need to buy the, the latest, grandest automatic loading machine, and I don't think you should either when you start out reloading. I think that... Typically, people need to learn the basics of putting every step together before they want to put together an automatic, uh, for instance, a fully progressive reloader. Um, Typically, you want to have a good, solid press, your dies, your powder, your your, uh, calipers, your things that make you safe, which are published load data. Good powder measure. Good powder measure, good scale. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things that you need. And truly, $500 will get you a good start, but I don't think that gets you everything that you need. Okay. Now, there are kits that are available, like Lee has an anniversary kit or, or the, with their single-stage press that are considerably cheaper than $500. Well, I'm... I'm in it for the long haul. My press has always been one of the best out there just because I got an advantage of having a family that was into it. But you could buy an inexpensive press or you could buy a very expensive press. And since this is really a, a quality issue for a long time that you want, I would tend to buy the one that will do a million rounds or more without having any problems. What about used presses or things that are you can find on Craigslist or on at yard sales? I mean, are these things that break down? Do you have to have a new one? Nope. You can get one wherever you get one, but you have to be aware that it needs to be kept, lubricated, maintained. Um, I tend to like the larger ones, such as uh, RCBS Rock Chucker, over the lighter weight aluminum ones or lighter weight steel ones that weigh one-third to one-fourth that amount. Sure, and that gives you durability. But for someone who's just getting started, I mean, they could they could easily pick up a, a lighter, cheaper press, see if it's something that they wanted to get into, and True. still keep its resale value if they decided to either upgrade and sell it later or just get rid of it because it wasn't their thing. True. So, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be an expensive hobby to get into. I know that some of the, the cheaper kits start around $250, so you can get into it for less than half of what the, the good equipment costs and give it a trial run and see if it's something that makes you happy. Now, one of the things that i had always been told is that when you start reloading, you don't actually save money. You just end up shooting more. You do tend to shoot more, yes. Uh, for instance, it won't be uncommon for me to sit down and, I think in the year 2013, I loaded a total of 5,800 223 556 rounds Mm -hmm. of various bullet design for different uses. And that's a lot of shooting. And that would have been a lot of purchasing during that. That peak season. I mean, you're talking about six cases that were running about $400 a case. And, you know, I'm a lawyer. I don't do math. But six times four is an awful lot of money to me. And I paid nothing for my cases because they were all used grounds from from various places. Uh, Primers, bullets, powder all came to about 20 cents a piece when I load them. 
Let's talk a minute about storing powder and primers. I know that that's another thing that comes up a lot is people say that, well, uh, I'm going to have these explosives in my home. I think it might be dangerous. What if there's a fire? And also uh, the availability, because when there was a crunch, there wasn't to be had. So then people think, oh, well, I need to buy more and store it up. But is that really a safe option? Why not? Uh, primers and powder don't go off by themselves generally. They they are causal. In other words, you have to do something to a primer to get it to go off. Uh, I've never heard of powder self-combusting under normal situations. Uh, my primers are kept on a in, inside of a like a kitchen cabinet type thing over my reloading bench. Uh, many thousands of primers, and then all my powder is kept in a steel navy footlocker that is safe and closed. Uh, I, I can kind of speak to this, too, because when I had my truck fire, which took basically everything I owned up in, in one swoop, I had a, a plastic um, tool shed that was, or toolbox that was holding all of my primers and all of my powders, and the fire went through that, and the plastic around it melted, and pretty much everything inside was still intact. The primers had not detonated, the powder was still melted inside. I mean, it was completely unusable, but it didn't contribute to the fire in the least. Now, these are items that have been through what a, it was almost a 7,000 degree fire, wasn't it? It was hot, and the fire was hot enough that the entire front end of the truck was gutted. There were no seats left there was no metal left except for like the the frame of the truck uh the firewall disintegrated the the coils and the seats in the front disintegrated entirely they were just gone so yeah the, the fire, fire the fire marshal at the, the scene said that it was running somewhere between six and seven thousand degrees didn't he take a big whiff and throw up that was, was that a, a cop that was one of the the uh, state troopers in montana who didn't think that it was legal to own guns for some strange reason but anyway um well, powder when it when it goes up our modern powders simply sit there and burn like maybe a little hotter than firewood but they simply burn and fizzle, and, and they don't explode. They don't do anything massive. What it takes to cause their, uh, an explosion would be them to be containment. They're considered propellants, not explosives. So that's relatively safe in their own. Mm -hmm. uh, primers, they're kept in little separate plastic trays. It's not like they're going to go tumbling out and say burn me or anything they're they're relatively safe and and kept and even the newest packaging for primers each one is individually in its little plastic slot yeah safe so uh, i've never really heard of them contributing to any fire i mean if you've got a fire that bad in the house or or whatever as a hobbyist you've got Bigger all kinds problems. of things like your lawnmower gasoline that you store that, that's probably more dangerous Okay, so it's not expensive to get involved in. It, there's no safety concerns with keeping this in the house. Uh, one other thing that I have often heard with people who are getting started is, well, I don't want it in my house. Put it in the garage or put it in the shed because I have children and I don't want lead contamination in the house. Really? Well, really. People say this? Yeah. That, that's kind of odd because powder doesn't have lead in it. But when you're when you're putting the bullets into especially if you use unjacketed bullets lead bullets when you're putting them in they're being scraped through the dies and they're being scraped into the the um casings and then they're crimped so doesn't that create some kind of lead contamination well when you tumble your brass and everything else there are some heavy metal dusts that are around but you 
actually practice ventilation and and sanity with your hands and wash your hands and shouldn't be anything more than handling any un, any other ammunition there's lots of lots of chemicals in the home that we don't ever get anywhere near as concerned about you know when we talk about comet and all the stuff we use for bathroom cleansers and and easy off oven spray and whatnot that are floating around the home that people don't give a second thought to but when it comes to anything with a firearm people get very strange or at least some people do concerned about contamination or trying i feel like people are trying to find a way to find a problem with firearms uh, folks we are coming up on a commercial break so we will be right back you're listening to georgiacarry.org radio right here on your local station and now back to georgiacarry.org radio with doug and jesse king Welcome back, everybody. Um, we, we just finished up kind of, well, we were trying to finish up a conversation about reloading and how you can get into reloading. There are, are great kits out there. Uh, get started with a single stage. You can graduate up to the progressive where you can crank out lots of rounds every hour. Uh, the advantages to the single stage are that, you know, you get a little more control. You learn the process. The progressive is much more expensive, but it's much quicker. And it's a way for you to cut down your costs and be more involved with the safety of your firearm to know exactly what rounds you have to get more accuracy. And it's a good trade-off all the way around to get involved in and if you safety. decide safety, if, yes, Mark, you wanted to mention talk yes, about safety. Yes, I, I can't stress enough that when you're loading, be sure of your powders. Compare multiple manuals. That's the thing that I'm a, I get a kick out of, and really try to impress on people. Have multiple manuals printed, actual load development manuals, and get at least two of them to agree. Because this is the genie in the bottle, and things go wrong. People use the incorrect powder, rifle powder in a, in a handgun and other terrible things and make a lot of mistakes, and that can be tragic. Simply read your manuals, understand what they're saying in the manuals from the load development, crimping, all the requirements that go into making something and have multiple sources. This is a, a more of an apprenticeship thing than something that you would go and take in a class with a bunch of people. If you can find somebody who is a reloader, who's willing to show you the ropes, and most reloaders are happy to help someone new get, get into it and to get excited about it and show them what they should be doing and help them develop their safety procedures. So this is a, a great avenue, and I know that we had originally intended to spend a lot more time on reloading than this, but I, I just can't. I've got the paper spread you out in can't front of me. Contain yourself. And and we we've, we've got to address this horrible, horrible article that the AJC put out on Sunday. And so why don't we address their horrible articles every week? Well, <laughs> no, it's not often that you get this kind of of sensationalism well, spread across the front page about guns in Georgia. And it's it is sensationalism. It, it's it's very um, yellow inflated, journalism. just to show their side and, and not the truth. It, it's not very reflective of, of real. It's a constructed fallacy. Now it's it's definitely the pot calling the kettle black to attack them for having an agenda. Because here we are, and we have an agenda to make people safer, to make people more intelligent, to make people better prepared, and so that people in their everyday lives are safe carrying a firearm from people who would do them harm and from the government who would try to take away their rights. So we have an agenda. They have an agenda. Their but agenda. we also have an obligation, okay? 
And we have the same obligation they have, and that's responsible responsible journalism. And that's where they failed. Well, let's take a look at at the headline. I've got it right here. First page Sunday above the fold. Above the fold. Georgia Gun's death, how one shot altered a family forever, and more residents across the state are facing the toll from a deadly trend. Gun deaths overtake traffic fatalities. Now, I'm looking at this, and right off the bat, I want to say that the the, the gist of the main part of the story is about an absolute tragedy. A, a person who was hit by an errant round that was fired completely inappropriately into the air that came down where the, the shooter did not know where it was going and killed somebody. And that is horrible. Definitely yeah, negligent. As you dwell, as you dig into their statistics, they have it all divided out later on in the article. They had homicide and suicide and accidental and then undetermined. And I think this would fall in the undetermined category. Well, no, this, nobody, would, this would fall under accidental. Homicide. I, it, well, it might be homicide, too. But every death is a homicide. So, I mean, that's – I think that what they're – when they say homicides, and we'll get to this in a minute. When they say homicide, they mean murder. They're using the wrong word. I, I think so. That word they keep using, it does not mean what they think it means. Because if they're talking about deaths in Georgia, every death is a homicide. Because right. it's the death of a human being. And a homeowner home- that shoots a person breaking in and and doing ill to their family. That homicide. is a homicide. That's it a homicide. Not murder, but it's it's homicide. not murder, but it's definitely a justifiable. But how can you compare that to the tragedy of a celebratory gunfire bullet coming down and killing someone? You can. That's where they're, they're comparing apples to oranges. You know, if we're going to compare celebratory gunfire, then we can't compare celebratory gunfire to... Every motor vehicle accident in Georgia, we have to compare it only to celebratory. Well, celebratory drinking. Celebratory gunfire is wrong. Absolutely flat out wrong. There's no denying that. Agreed. People should not be firing bullets unless they have an intention of where that bullet should go. This man died as a result of it is a horrible tragedy, and I think every person in the gun-owning community will come out and say, this is a horrible tragedy. This should never happen. Everyone should follow the four rules of gun safety. You should know your target, know what's behind it, know where your bullets going and never shoot at anything that you aren't intending to destroy and Jeff here, Cooper's four rules here we are looking at an absolute tragedy that is taking up the, the bulk of the story and I have no complaints about the way that they are covering that aspect of the story that that person did something horribly horribly wrong and should face justice for it and I don't but, believe that they ever found the person that, that fired that round did they I think they did I think they did too well if they did and he got punished he deserves it because he did something incredibly stupid and I do not believe that that person would, would be some per, a person that had a concealed weapons permit in Evan, Evan Turner weapons Senior carry license and Jesse Foster, Evan Turner's 20-year-old stepson, were the two people who were charged in the case. Uh, Evan Turner Sr. received 40 months in prison term for involuntary manslaughter. Jesse Foster received probation for five years for his implication in the crime. So, yeah, they, they were found. They were taken to justice. They received a, a maximum term for manslaughter and... Um, Probation was a maximum term? Well, he, he didn't pull the trigger, is what oh, they okay. determined. The father pulled the trigger. So he was just an accomplice who did not come forward and was involved in the incident. And that probation for standing next to him, I think, is a pretty stiff sentence. Yeah, well, you know, this whole felony murder thing, you know. Yeah. 
So there, there we do. We, we they, they, they have been brought to justice. They were cited in the article. This is something that I think we're all on the same page on. So we can take that and set it aside. And if the AJC says, "Well, here's GeorgiaCarry.org radio in favor of people getting shot by a celebratory gunfire," no That's way, not at yeah. all true. We are all against that sort of behavior. But. On the other hand, the article diverges off into another area, and this is what's got us also upset here. Because they, they took statistics and misrepresent those statistics and twist them for the benefit of their agenda. And what they've done here is they've taken the, the total gun deaths in Georgia over a three-year period, and that's from murders, suicides, homicides, um, accidental deaths. Um, Natural and Undetermined. And undetermined. Now, the natural one kind of, it got an no. asterisk. They said that the coroners, even though they died. <laughs> no okay. The coroners reports, even though people died from gunfire, they were listed as natural death. So they included that, too. That's kind of confusing. It but, is. But okay. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I, that bears further scrutiny, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. well, the lowest number here were the accidental shootings, okay? The accidental well, I didn't accident- mean to. I ac- hit something I wasn't aiming at. Accidental and natural tied <laughs> in, in a very perverse way. They, they were the exact same number. Okay. So we have, what, 37.8 people that died in accidental? Yes. Okay. By the AJC's own numbers, over a three-year period, 37.8 people. So let's just round up because I know that .8 of a person 39, is kind of 38 people. 38 people. Over a three-year period, accidental gunshots killed 38 people. Mm-hmm. So we're that would be the gun just went off while I was cleaning it. Stupidity. Yep. There you go. Or f- we fired a celebratory gunfire and it hit somebody the in the head. Police stupidity. chief in what Peachtree City that shot his girlfriend or uh, fiance in bed. That, that was his wife. Now we've got another one who is. This is the guy that's had like a little 30, Napoleon con- oppor- opportunities to go to jail in the past, and he's shot little this, man this sheriff. woman that's a realtor. Adam, Shot a realtor. Adam, what's Adam, his name, Rice? And a model home, I do not recall. I can't remember, but I, I'm oh, not. It's on the tip of my tongue. I'm, I'm not thinking that Clayton County Sheriff. Yeah, he's Clayton. Victor Hill. Victor Hill, that's him. Well, we look at the front page here, and the, the big, I mean, the, the article about the, the gentleman who got shot is about um, one column two inches long and then there's this graphic that's about four times as large that says gun deaths overtake traffic fatalities and it says georgia is one of 30 states and in 2013 recorded more deaths from gunshot wounds than in traffic accidents okay are we saying that traffic accidents are all bad all improper there are no good traffic accidents that result in fatalities Right, but they're all accidents. Okay. Well, we're coming up on a commercial break, so we're going to continue this discussion when we get back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. We're, we're discussing this AJC article this week here on GeorgiaCarry.org radio, and... It's it's just 
flabbergasting. So when we left, we were talking about the graphic at the front saying that motor vehicle deaths are fewer than gun firearms deaths. That's what they're calling firearms Which deaths. Which is baloney because when we're, when we're talking, they're comparing apples to oranges. We, we take all motor vehicle deaths. Those are all accidents. Nobody meant those for that to tragic, happen. They're all tragic, right? They're tragic. Yes. It's a horrible thing that it happened, but they were accidents. Very, Not meant to happen. Very rarely does anybody go out and say, I'm going to go out here and drive like a fool and kill about 40 people today. It doesn't really happen that way. However, occasionally there is some moron that goes out and takes a, a firearm. They're not exactly thinking straight. And they go out and kill 40 people today. And that happens more so in, in places where you see signs where guns aren't allowed. But all reason. homicides, the other side of the coin that they're including in this, all homicides are not tragedies that are a result of accidents. No, you have somebody thinking hey, I'm going to kill somebody today, and they do it. That's not accident. That, that, but the other side of the coin is that they appear to be putting in homicides that are self-defense and defense-related that the person meant to pull the trigger, meant to save themselves from harm, mm-hmm. murder, tragedy, rape, some forcible felony here in Georgia that seem to be included in these, and that seems patently unfair. I'm, I'm going to venture to say that that number of people that have self-defense shootings in Georgia is fairly small con- considering the other numbers. Okay, are we including police in those homicides? This is all gun deaths. All gun deaths. That's what I'm getting okay. at. So, well, I'm going to say... Technically, homicides are police shootings, yeah. too. Yeah, if, if the police shot a suspect and the suspect died, that that person is now in this statistic for firearms deaths over, so. over traffic deaths. and But those were not accidents. See, we're, we're comparing traffic accidents to all gun deaths, and that's apples to oranges. It's well, not the same they're, statistics. They're comparing traffic deaths to gun deaths. And those two numbers appear to be equivalent, and, they're and, but they're not when you start to talk, especially about suicides. I mean, the, the, the largest number, and when you start to parse out what these firearms deaths are, it's was suicides. homicides. No, nope. The second, second highest number was suicides. No, you're wrong. 58% were from suicide, and that's a total of 2,192 where 38% were for homicide, and that was 1,436. Are those accidental suicides? or A little over half of these people killed themselves on purpose. They decided they wanted to die, and they died. Not necessarily. A suicide would be you holding the gun and it going off. I mean... They consider that accidental death, not suicide. Okay. I just want to be clear that... If you're cleaning your gun and it goes off, that's accidental death. That's not suicide. Okay. So almost 60% were suicides out of this number. Almost 60% were suicides. So definitely tragic, but two thousand one hundred ninety-two that we know were not accidental. Now let's let's take let's for a second. Let's say that we can make make everything perfect for the AJC. We can remove every single gun from the state of Georgia and apparently every single car from the state of Georgia, so that there are neither one of these vectors for death. Would that change the suicide number? No, not nope. a bit. Because they'll find another way to kill themselves. Right. So that has no, absolutely nothing kills. to do with there's, anything. There's a thousand ways to die. So let's let's subtract out the suicide number just out of hand. We can argue about homicides, whether you know uh, some were should be included in this or not, whether they're or not. justifiable. If they're unjustifiable, maybe there are people in cars who tr- purposely run people over. 
You know, so there, there's some argument that could at least logically be made there, even if it's a stretch. But you got to subtract out 58% for the suicides because that has nothing to do with this. And then, since the numbers were neck and neck to begin with between the two, their entire argument falls flat on its face. Because then you only have 1,587 deaths that were not planned out by the person who died. That were gun relate, real gun-related deaths. Real gun-related deaths. Compared to real traffic-related deaths. Now, let, when we compare the real traffic-related deaths, now we've got 1,587 gun deaths and 3,604 motor vehicle deaths from 2011 to 2013. So their, their statistic makes no sense. But if we want to really dig into this and get down to just accidents to accidents, what's the number of oh, people who... that number two. What's the number of people who actually had a firearms accident for from their own statistics on page A8. 38. 3,800? Firearm accidents? Yeah. 38. No more zeros, just a three and an eight. 38. And compared to how many traffic fatalities? So, that were accidents. All traffic fatalities are accidents, in, in my opinion. Yeah. 3,604. So it's a hundred to one ratio? So, and even if we were to compare, say, all of the... Accidental deaths with guns were celebratory gunfire, which is no way possible. When we celebrate, uh, when we take out the celebratory driving, the DUIs, we have 849 DUI deaths in Georgia over the three-year period. And even if we said all of the accidental deaths were celebratory gunfire, it's still only 38. It's, it's, it's an wow. astounding when it's, you start to actually look at the numbers. Now, I'll give the AJC credit. They put these own, their numbers in here buried on page A8, not on, above the fold, and has no relation to the, the, the article title. But here we are with the numbers right there. For anyone who is willing to dig in, read the whole article, and pull these numbers out, they can figure out that the AJC is lying to them. Well, the AJC is always lying to them. When, why is this any different than any other time? The agenda of... It's the it, well, it's the Democratic agenda. They want everybody to to be against the, the guns and and get rid of the guns, get rid of all the guns, and and they're just morons. This is this is a long-standing drumbeat with the Atlanta paper that they are going to take on anybody who wants to defend themselves, and they're going to paint them in the worst light possible, so that they do not have the freedoms that our Constitution entitles them to. Now, I don't understand how an organization that bases its entire ability to exist on the First Amendment can be so dogmatically against the Second Amendment. Don't they understand the Second Amendment protects the First Amendment? Well, apparently the First Amendment is is designed to protect those who want to attack the Second Amendment. And I am all for the AJC being allowed to publish drivel that says things like guns are evil and everyone who has a gun is bad. Let them publish it because in the free marketplace of ideas, people are going to turn on that and take them to task for it because people know better. There is not a citizen in Georgia who will look at this article and say, wow, I feel so much more endangered now that I might be shot by a gun. Did they mention in here the fact that people use guns every day to to thwart crimes, criminals, felonies, and you know, uh, beatings and abuses. We didn't see a report of that. And, you know, there's been a lot of that recently in this area. Heck, I have many, uh, many of those types of of experiences up in Kennesaw. Where there's a, there's a guy uh, just a few weeks ago in Marietta that that 
Home invasions? No, and a bank robbery. He went out to his yeah. car, got his gun, and stopped the robbers dead in their tracks as the police came out. They did put that there. in the AJC, No, though. they didn't report on that, did they? Yes, they did. I saw it. Did they report it? It wasn't first page. I bet it's a little teeny tiny article. They put this kind of propaganda I know the MJ, garbage the on Marietta the front page. Journal did, too. You know, I, I, this is my copy of the AJC. Do you know why I get it? Just for this. Coupons, man. Coupons. I don't read this garbage. I want the coupons. Yeah, I buy two on Sunday for coupons. Here's here's the quote of the article, I'm afraid. And it really sums up that this is under the title No Winners near the end of the article. It says, I'm not against guns, but I'm not in favor either. That but in there. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I mean, someone says, I'm for guns, but. <laughs> I'm not against guns, but I'm not in favor either. The, and here, but, here here's however, yeah, those bullets are so quick you don't know where they're going to go. Oh come on! They I mean, go what where a, they're aimed. They go they go exactly where they're intended to go. If you're using common sense and doing what you're supposed to be doing, now there are people who use anything improperly. There are people who drive drunk. There are people who shoot guns in the air. There are people who shoot people on purpose. And but the people bullet mix is mix acids with toilet bowl. Man, cleaners. those bullets are so quick. I did, I wasn't sure where it was going to go. It goes in a parabolic trajectory. That I just geometry. blinked put, and it went off. Isaac Newton is in control here, folks. No, it's going you, to go in the exact same way every time. That's how we can have accuracy at a thousand yards, by I the way. I can just hear NASA. You know, those rockets are so fast, we never know where the heck they're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Pardon Sorry, me while I resist. giggle. Couldn't resist. Well, you know, we're, we're making fun, but it's true. I mean, this isn't, this is common sense. It just seems to be so uncommon. But do you know, days. do you know the reality is these bullets the whole ballistics thing all, all, everything about bullets is rocket science and these people are too stupid to get it doug well what are what are we is there a solution to this is there any type of solution other than journalism that's aimed at just trying to paint guns in a bad Let's, light educating Let, the public would be a good solution education. but we're going to have to discuss Let's that after this commercial when we break. come back from the commercial break folks you're listening to georgiacarry.org radio we'll be right back Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. I just wanted to... We're, this conversation is so good that we're going to focus on it. So this week, the good is, is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, the bad is the AJC, and the ugly is this horrible article that they printed. Um... I would like to ask everybody who's listening, if you're listening online or if you're listening on the GCO webpage or you're streaming this and you would like to be able to hear it from your local station, get in contact with them. They can reach out to us at radio at georgiacarry.org. Just tell us the name of the station, who the station manager is. We'll contact them and tell them how they can get this show on your station so that you can hear it every week without having to eat up your data connection. So that's a great opportunity. And if you are not a georgiacarry.org member and you're listening to this for the first time, go to georgiacarry.org, join in the top left-hand corner, click Join Now. It's $20 a year, $500 for a lifetime membership. You will be a part Best of voice the- in Georgia for gun... Absolutely. So there's there, that. I did this rather quick this week because this conversation is just too good. How do we fix gun deaths in Georgia? And right before we took the break, I heard everybody say, education, education, education. And this is not forcible education. You know, the people that are causing these gun deaths aren't the people with... Weapons carry license in Georgia. So is the solution force training? Absolutely not. That goes against the right. 
I think that the the solution is education in the elementary school. And I've preached this before, where we go into the elementary schools and we teach these kids about guns and show them what they can really do. And show, show them, them that they're not for them. They're, show not, them they're magic, not toys. They're not magic bullets that just go willy nilly when you pull the trigger because, either. Like Matthew Potowitz told us, children have a very jaded view of what guns do because of TV, television, things they see in movies. You know, and and, and it's. All about educating our kids. And I think adults have a real va- jaded view on what guns do because of journalism like this that we read in the paper. Well, you know, you become a jaded adult by being a jaded child without being ever taught anything. So these are people that didn't grow up in homes with guns, had nobody to teach them anything about guns. They've, they've lived in these big cities their entire lives and never even had the chance to fire a BB gun. And they're the ones writing articles about guns. This is the blonde leading the blonde. I... I'm just amazed that it passes for journalism. Well, you know, in the end, we can we can decrease the number of gun deaths. And that, I, I can't decrease the number of suicides. I can't decrease the number of homicides. But I can decrease the number of accidents and bring it down under the 1% that it's at. Although I wish that the number of fatalities across the board were 1% accidents. And when you can start to compare it to deaths by fire, deaths by inhalation, deaths by traffic accidents, deaths by inattention from Actually, parents. Actually, maybe we can do something about suicides because we can be a friend of other people and listen to our family members when they come to crises. And you know, it as suicide rates rise, and the, they are on the rise. Well, our veterans too. Uh, that's that's also newsworthy at this time. The veterans that come back from overseas they seem come back to with be, post-traumatic stress disorder, and nobody in their family knows what to do for it, or even certainly our government isn't even doing anything for it. Well, I mean, why would they look at how they treated the Vietnam vets? You see homeless Vietnam vets on the side of the road every day, walk past them. Well, some of that's a scam too. I wouldn't necessarily say that every one of them. Well, no, but I'm sure that we have all met at least one in our lives. Oh, yeah. This this article was designed to be sensational. It was designed to get an agenda across to, to demonize gun owners as people who cause deaths. But it doesn't make the same kind of demonization or correlation to car owners, even though that they're now saying you're more likely to die from a gunshot than from a car accident. How many times do cars fulfill a positive theme in our life they get us to work they get us to the hospital to the doctor to the grocery store they get us to the amusement parks and everything else guns also serve a good positive positive thing in our uh we don't necessarily like to do this but i myself have defended myself several times with my handgun that's been carried and i've heard the nra state that the the vast majority of of good experiences with guns and people protecting themselves and their families go unreported because I, I likewise had an incident that I've spoken of in the past where I had to defend another person and I told that story at last year's GCO convention it's not something I'm going to tell on the air ever but if you are a GCO member you come to conventions you get to hear stories like this you get to hear stories like Mark's and you realize just how important it is to be, to be able to defend yourself and others in a public situation but these stories don't get reported these stories aren't the ones that people hear about because nobody likes to talk about it in the See, end i think we need to hold the ajc responsible for bad reporting and we as as a group should send an, an email to the editor and, and call them on their well, bad statistics it would be nice if they just did a good article based upon what good comes out of carry 
Absolutely. They're unable like to what do any good. good comes out of being able to drive a car to the grocery store to your job and to everything else in your life that's good. What kind Guns of, do serve a valid purpose in our society. What kind of stories make the front page above the fold on, on the AJC? Negative. Always negative. They're constantly negative. There's nothing ever positive on the front page of that paper. They know that negative sells. People like that kind of gossip. People like that kind of misery. And, and they pay for it. Well, folks, you know, this this is an opportunity. We here at GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, um, as a separate entity somewhat from the full membership and organization, are asking every one of our listeners to reach out to the AJC this week and to be polite, to be professional, and be persistent that they issue a story above the fold on the front page that actually correctly demonstrates what firearm deaths in Atlanta and Georgia as a whole are, that 58% are suicides and have nothing to do with concealed carry, that 30-some percent are homicides, which is a massive number that may involve some concealed carry situations and many, many others Officer-involved shootings? You know what? Uh, what? The vehicle accidents are homicides suicides that happens in cars too just not as often as accidents you have vehicular homicide when somebody accidentally runs over somebody's child i'd venture that that was very very small I, I think it's a very small number in and that's that's my these. beef with this is they want to take apples and oranges and and compare them in a sensational way that gains readership and a negative view of of so Gun ownership. Here we have the uh, the AJC comparing apples to oranges and cherry picking and a giant fruit salad of a mess of an article. I think that you're more likely to get stabbed to death in Georgia than you are to get shot. I don't know about that. I see a lot of dangerous people walking the streets that you know they're carrying something, and I don't think they're all carrying firearms. You know, the statistics would, would prove it out one way or another. And there's a lot of opportunity for real journalism here, real research, people who want to, you know, this AJC wants to actually do good. Maybe they will go and do some research into real numbers that are not driven by an agenda to try to take away people's rights and force them into being de- completely dependent on the government for their safety. I don't want to depend on the government for my safety. I've seen the the police officers and how some of them act, and I'm, I'm not sure that I want to risk the the time that it takes for an officer to get to me. I'm not going to entrust my Second Amendment rights to the government any more than I would entrust my First Amendment rights to the government. And the AJC does not seem to get that philosophy. Maybe they should turn over their paper to the, let the government print it for them if they think the government should carry our guns for us. Well, wasn't there a riot here in Atlanta after the verdict for uh, yeah, uh, the Ferguson, Ferguson thing? Garbage. I mean... It wasn't as bad. Wasn't they didn't burn down any buildings, but they busted out a lot of windows and acted like hoodlums. Yeah. It's it's sad, and we need to be able to defend ourselves, especially people who live in the inner city. I mean, this there are high crime rates, and this is the area that needs to have the most Carry outreach. on campus. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm not real thrilled about coming into the inside of the perimeter without I'm a glad firearm. you drove. I don't want to be down here. <laughs> I don't like to come inside the, the perimeter unless I have a firearm. Well, you know, we, we all do what we need to do to defend ourselves, defend our families, and defend others. And that's something that is being constantly assailed and attacked. And we see it right here in this article. And it is time for us to stand up and say, no, you know what? 
the very bottom of this article, I was looking at it to try to find out where to send letters to the editor or who wrote it. There's no, it just says staff. There's nobody's taking credit there, for There's this. no byline so on the front of none of them have the testicular the, fortitude to put their name to it? There's got to be a byline on the top of that by two or three different authors. Take, take a look, Mark. You find it. None of them had the I. testicular fortitude to put their name with it. But you know what I did see? The very bottom of the article, it says myajc.com. This is your AJC, too. Well, you know what? I subscribe to this rag to get your coupons. To get my well, coupons, yeah. It, the byline is Alan Judd, and A. Judd is at AJC.com. A. Judd at AJC.com. That's that where we out. send our email. That's A. Alan, A-L-A-N, Judd, which is J-U-D-D, and the email is A-J-U-D-D at AJC.com. Well, here That's we go. the byline on this article. Wow. Okay. So, where are we going to get our information? I think that doing our research and looking into it ourselves is better than trusting anything that comes from the AJC. It's about responsible reporting. Where do you get your responsible reporting? Well, right here on 1160 AM, the talk of the town, that's where you get your honest reporting. And and on other stations as they pick up this show. And that's why we want to reach out to our listeners to help us get on other stations around the state. You know, we're looking at Valdosta, Columbus, Augusta. We need to be on more stations. So contact your local stations. Tell them about us and let us know which ones you're reaching out to. And in closing today, I would like to mention that GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour now has a Facebook page. Oh, yes. So go on and like us. And you with can communicate with us and tell us what you think of every show. Hundreds of likes at this point. It's only been up for a few hours and we're up to hundreds of likes already. And you get to see pictures of us, I suppose. Uh, probably. Maybe. Uh. Well, depends folks, depends on how scared I am of the camera that week. <laughs> thank, thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. We hope that you've enjoyed this expose onto a horrible article and reloading, by the way. Uh, get into reloading. Get involved. Contact the AJC. Do it safely. Do it safely, especially when you contact the AJC. Be real safe about that. And reach out to you know other people to get them involved in Georgia Carry. We're here every week, and we hope that you'll be back next week with us. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8, right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.